Is this because of the duck thing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh. I've not taken this hoodie off in a month and a half. And then when you're done, you feel the most shamed ever. There we go. Always fresh. What the fuck is even classic, happening? Classic sort of story. It came out to high critical claim. And it's Pokemon Snap. If you're pressed to take it, goes <laughs> Like, what is going Buddy. Oh, I was on, I was on edibles. Not a pornography. This is a podcast. Uh, and you got the name wrong again. I, I like your duck shirt. Thanks. It's a duck. Welcome to another episode of Two Dads of the Gathering. The trading card game podcast. Yes! So this week, this week, we are doing part, part two. We two. are wrapping up our trading card game segments for now, I mean, we maybe ran we'll out revisit. Of all the magics together. Yep, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll revisit with them. Uh, you know, a top five or something as as Felix yes. get a little gets a little more into the game and learns more about it. But top five planeswalkers. Yeah, I mean there are a fuck ton of planeswalkers. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have Funko Pops of them, and I have uh eleven. And that's not even close to how many there are. I went out so. between the last episode and this episode. I bought a few packs of the, what is it, Zendikar, and a few packs of the Nordic one, uh, Kaldheim. Kaldheim, and, yeah. That's um, a good one. That's a good one. Bought a few more packs of the most recent one. Yeah, nice. so I would say... Unless you you feel lucky enough to pull one of the really rare cards out of that one, I wouldn't go too much into that. Only it's because super expansive. Yeah. Son. Yep, Why? Yep, yep. Uh, namely, just because it's reprints of old cards and some new cards that are only for the like legacy formats. So legacy, vintage, uh, modern. Um, yeah, that's, some that's what I was gonna ask. So in are these cards legal to play with in the new formats? So they 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 are legal to play with in their respected formats. So it, they're mainly okay. made for modern. So last time we talked about some of the different formats. I know I listed them off. You know, constructed formats and limited formats. So now we'll get a little more in depth with those and we'll talk a little bit more about the rules and 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 kind of what you're uh what you're doing in magic the gathering which is a lot um to kind of give an idea we we talked about how how many rules there were in Yu-Gi-Oh and how it seemed needlessly complicated well Magic the Gathering, if you look up the rules and you look at the PDF file of the rules, it is 250 pages long. But like small booklet pages, right? <laughs> no, these are full like, like when you get <laughs> full printer size pages. Alright. So 250 pages sounds like a ridiculous amount, but here's the thing. They specify everything. So if there is a really weird combination that could possibly happen once in every million games, they they spell it out in the rules. And, and I appreciate that because the only reason the rules are this yeah. long is because the game's been around since 1993. And so they keep having to kind of go and and not necessarily retcon, but they have to go in and 
add addendums to the rules. So, for example, there's there's, uh, some rules in there that talk about, you know, the letter X is used as a placeholder for a number. And that one rule has... Oh, fuck. Um, let's see here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 addendums added to it. And that's Go because as they create new <laughs> new things and new uh, abilities and new cards, some things kind of change every once in a while. So it, it, it's complicated, but it's not needlessly complicated, if that makes sense. I so, think when we did this, obviously... I've been wanting to get into Magic the Gathering for a long-ass time. Financially, I just couldn't. You know, I, I understand priorities. So now I get this opportunity to get into it, and I'm we go to our local Magic the Gathering store called Realm. It's amazing. It's in Mansfield. I love these guys. Mom and Pop shops are where you want to buy your cards from, because they usually have better yeah. deals. They'll do, you know, three for ten packs, which gets you, you know, a dollar or so off of each pack. I, I really, really like the magic community. There, of course, are some shitty people, but they're shitty people in every community and yeah, every format. Yeah. But they're not but, as bad as the Yu-Gi-Oh guys. <laughs> I, Those guys are intense. But so, so at our local Magic the Gathering store, yeah, they, yeah. I'm a new guy, and they said now is a super good time to be getting into magic the gathering it really is because the new sets that they've come out with are so friendly to new players and and there's so many different you know formats and they're kind of their newer style core sets have been really really good it's honestly like this is the most intro friendly magic has been in a little while uh, because they're which they're, is awesome because I just accidentally stumbled into it and they're like, hey, you're you're here for the perfect <laughs> part. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, I bought my first commander deck. Maybe we can play some tonight. And I've just been having a blast. I'll go, I'll go grab one shit. of my decks, sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so if you want the base rules, if you want to play Magic, there is a very quick, easy to follow rule set guide on magic's website uh you know magic.wizards.com and it's really not that that bad honestly for new players the most complicated part is what's called the stack but we'll get into that as as we continue on so i said we're going to talk about formats so the most common formats that you will see standard modern commander those are like the three most common Following that, you have Legacy, Vintage, and Brawl. So, you know, of course, I went into that and I talked about, you know, Legacy uses all cards from all sets minus certain banned cards. Vintage allows you to use all cards, including the Power 9, except they are limited. Brawl is a commander-style format, a singleton format, except it's... 60 cards instead of 100 cards which i like i i like just, the, you know we talked about it la- the last time I, yeah. I i like the 100 card because it allows more variety more stuff going on the games last a little yeah. longer too which i actually like because you know who likes a game being over in four turns right it's but just not fun have, for the person who loses <laughs> when you have all these card decks uh or all these different card games they uh, this one gives you alternatives like hey 
we could invest in a couple hours for a game or hey we can we get could just play a couple short half ones. hour yep yeah I, I love that the most popular formats and we'll go into these ones a little more in depth namely because these are the ones that you see in tournament settings more often standard drafts sealed decks so we'll talk about standard first so standard is what uses the most recent cards so every fall standard rotates and by rotates i mean all but i want to say the latest four sets so it narrows down your card pool significantly what i like about standard and what i don't like about standard are very close (laughs) i like standard because it puts everybody in the same playing field everybody has the same cards they can pull from and are limited to these sets but that also means your top eight decks are going to be extremely similar and everybody is going to be playing four to five different archetypes and that's it like there's not nearly as much variety because you're limited so much but it keeps it fresh you know if you have the money for it standard is super fun to play i did play it for a few years and i enjoyed it because it's constantly rotating it's constantly you know hey new cards new cards how can i improve my deck but sometimes a new set comes out and you don't change your deck at all. I imagine. So it, it those, really just depends. Those moves that you make, like you said, you have this limited pool to use from, uh, this pool of resources. And so when you're at that, like you said, you know, the top eight decks are extremely similar, but it's those minor differences. Mm-hmm. Somebody might run things, you know, and this card instead you, of this one, and it does yeah. change it. And when you're the guy that wins because of your minor differences, it make I bet it makes you feel extremely good about yourself. There, there are people, the people who, who essentially create and figure out these top decks, they yeah. are true professionals at this. They dedicate themselves and their lives to figuring out the best possible combination, the best possible way of playing. And the mirror matches are crazy because... You know, I I was watching the other day, and I swear the same deck was played by three or four different people, and they go up against each other, and it's just like, okay, well, whoever draws this one card first wins, you know, so it's, it's hit and miss, but so moving on to the next most popular is your draft, and again, this is used in tournament settings, almost every major tournament has drafts. For me, I love this. This puts you on equal standing equal footing doesn't matter how much fucking money you have to devote to this game this puts you on an even playing field and so i went into it a little bit before essentially the way a draft works is every person good bit i I did go go into it a bit (laughs) but we'll we'll do a quick recap so you usually in tournament settings you have eight people at a table but it's up to eight it doesn't have to be eight and each person gets three packs. Then you open a single pack, you pick a card out of it, you pass the rest of those cards to either your left or right, depending on your pack that you just opened. So if it's your first, second, or third. And this really tests your your actual skill level at Magic. How, do you know, how well do you know the cards? How well do you know the synergies? And how well do they work together? Because it really yeah. could be... You know, you play standard and you do pretty well because you're using a deck that the number one player in the world created. This is where I love Magic the Gathering's way of doing things as opposed to 
like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, where you do draft tournaments there, or even Dragon Ball Z, when I did some draft tournaments for Dragon Ball Z way back when, it's here are your packs, here's the standard deck, you know, you get a you get a little standard deck with it, here are your packs to make a variety. To modify a little bit. Whoever, best of luck. The thing with that is you're you're ran, handing out random packs and a lot of these like there's one ultra rare and one pack in the entire booster box and so whoever gets that gets the advantage if, depending on what it is or whoever gets you know it, it's not as strategic because you're not picking out and passing anything you're not setting yourself up for what you're getting or what you're sending and yeah i, I mean love with that. with this somebody you know could pull the supposed best card in the entire format but if all the other cards they get don't synergize with it they're not playing that card i've seen people draft 90 percent commons which i mean you do anyway but but they literally passed the rare in their first and second pack they had one rare in their entire 40 card deck and they still win because of the synergies of all the other cards together so they're they're and, and I, I love that. Yeah, I, I love drafting. Drafting truly tests your skill and your metal. How well do you know this game? How well do you know how each of the new cards? So you really have to do a little studying to learn what these cards are and how, how they work together. And that leads us to another format that's very similar, and that's sealed. You get six boosters, make a deck. That is sealed. Six boosters, that make a deck. That is crazy. So... I have been screwed in sealed because dude. I got the worst freaking rares you could possibly get. And somebody else opened up two planeswalkers and another mythic. That's going to happen. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> yep. Six unopened like boosters. And, you know, and of course you can use any number of basic lands, your plains, islands, swamps, mountains, and forests. Uh, even if they're not in the packs you open, because you're not yep. going to get enough to make it, make a whole deck. But Sealed is really interesting, and sealed you really can get screwed with the cards that you open, but you can still make really quality decks yeah. with that. And and it's that's that's kind of the sal- challenge of sealed is create a deck out of this extremely limited pool that is still viable, and everybody has to do the same thing. So you it's even less powerful than booster drafting. So these these three are super common at tournaments um, and professional level, and modern is also. Modern is a quick recap. It allows you to use any cards from 8th edition up. And it has a band list. It's a pretty extensive band list. Magic ha- <laughs> So Wizards of the Coast has a really bad habit of creating some cards that are just straight broken out of and, out of yeah. the, the, the we went through the a lot of them in the last episode but there are some yeah. mod, like newer cards that are just stupid <laughs> stupid powerful um one that comes to mind right off the bat is uh oko thief of crowns he came out with throne of, throne of eldraine which is still in standard it's still a, a a pretty modern card he's a planeswalker he only cost 3 colorless green blue he starts with four loyalty for a three cost planeswalker that's high usually they start with two or three and he has a plus two and a plus one and yeah i won't go too far into that but he's 
obnoxiously powerful. He got banned really quick. So it has a pretty extensive ban list, which is fine. What I like about standard and modern is there is no technical maximum deck size. As long as you can shuffle your deck without needing assistance, have as many cards as you want. There, there are legitimate decks that run 200 cards because there's, there's a card that literally says if you have 200 cards uh, in your deck or something like that, you win the game. So there, there's some really cool... Silly. Yeah, there's some really silly shit. Modern, it uses an expanded pool of cards that you can pull from and that, that's pretty much what it is but there are some crazy combos that you can you can have with some of these cards but it's expensive because if a card is legal and good for modern it's going to be expensive and that's just how it works that's just how yeah, it's going to be and, and we ran some through some of the prices before and that shit oh oh yeah like they're valuable so, <laughs> jumping in to the basics of playing so there are different card types. Uh, there's, there's quite a few. And, and of course, there's subtypes too. So you have your lands, your creatures, artifacts, enchantments, sorceries, and instants. So you have six different card types, and each one's a little different. So your lands are your source of mana. That is your resource. That allows you to cast your spells, activate your abilities, and, and well, essentially do what you need to do to play the game. Without land, you can't play anything. Creatures, of course, are just that. They're, they're creatures. You can attack with them. You can block with them. Some of them have really cool special effects. And this is what's called a permanent card. So permanents are cards that stay on the battlefield. They're permanently there unless removed by an effect or killed in battle. Uh, so lands, creatures, artifacts, enchantments are all permanents. Creatures, right. when you cast them, it remains on the field and... When you first cast it, unless it has haste, it has what's called summoning sickness, which means it cannot attack until the start, until your next turn under your control. So it can't attack and it can't tap to use an ability until your next turn. You can block with them no matter how long it's been on the field, though. So you can, you know, cast out something with a big power and toughness and use it to protect yourself until it has the ability to use its effects and everything. Artifacts, they, they represent, they're kind of your machines, your, your magical objects, and just, just what the name says, they're artifacts. So you cast it, it remains on the field. What's nice with artifacts is you can use them at any time. It doesn't matter if it came into the field yeah, of that, that turn. The game. You know, so the second you cast it out or you play out an artifact, you can use it unless it's an artifact creature, at which point it has summoning sickness. And usually artifacts are colorless because magical items in, you know, uh, D&D and other, uh, other fantasy things can be used by pretty much anyone. So if you have a magical crown... Cool, anybody can put that on. So they're usually colorless. So they, I, I like that kind of flavor that I, the way it ties into this lore in this universe. Right. Enchantments have different effects and are also permanent. So you cast it out, you can have enchantments that are auras that can target other the creatures or they could target lands, they could target artifacts. So enchantments, or you can have ones that just kind of sit on the field and they have an effect. Enchantments are usually, they, they kind of stick to 
the the core values of the color. So blue enchantments tend to be a little more controly, where red enchantments tend to do stuff to provide more damage or, you know, aggro effects. Sorceries, they are spells you can cast only during a main phase of your turn. So it could be main phase one, main phase two. They have a one-time effect. You do what it says, put it into your graveyard. Simple as that. Sorceries are, are super simple. Instants are just like sorceries, except now you can cast them anytime, instantly. So you can cast them in response to an opponent, in response to a creature doing something. So there's, there's your six card types. My thing is, when it goes into the strategy, I would say, of building a deck, if, if you're new to this, what sort of ratio do you want between all of these cards? What is sort of the best technique for uh, so, trying to apply them? So general rule of thumb, starting with your lands, you generally want, in, in say, a 60-card deck, about 24 lands, so just over a third of okay. your 60 cards, because without lands, you can't do anything else. So you need right. enough in there that you can and, draw and one regularly. And your is the more you have to... Mulligan. This, what do you Mulligan. Call Mulligan, right, the golf term. The more in this, the more you have to mulligan, the sort of harder your job becomes oh, yeah. moving oh, yeah. forward. But we'll, we'll get to the mulligan rules and, and some of the other rules uh, pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, you generally want at least about a little over a third being land and that's any kind of deck so if you're making a 40 card deck you want between 16 to 18 lands if you're making a 100 card deck you want between 30 to 38 lands that really depends so that's uh, commander is a very different beast uh so creatures it really depends there are some decks that will literally run a total of six creatures Damn. There are some decks that won't run any creatures at all. There are some decks that are all creatures. So that the rest of it really depends on what you want to do. So say you want to play red. You want to play yeah. uh, mono red wins, as a lot of people want dub it. Quite a few. The, you the want few reds I've played. There are a lot of creature cards that boost the other creature cards. So I imagine yep. you would want so more. With red, you want hasty. Fast, small creatures that you can cast out for minimum amounts of mana. You want sorceries that deal large damage, because sorceries usually have a more powerful effect than instants, because you can yeah. only cast them on your turn, where instants are they're not quite as powerful, because you can cast them at any time. So, with a red, you know, a red deck wins, you want hasty, quick beatdown creatures with instants and sorceries that deal direct damage, or boost your creatures to deal more damage whereas if you're doing say a blue white control deck you may only run you know six to ten creatures but you're running enchantments that lock down the field you're running sorceries that have made big time effects uh you're running instances that allow you to counter other cards so you know somebody tries to play something you're just like nope that that doesn't take effect so <laughs> there's there's lots of Lots of different archetypes, so that really depends. But land is the most important, and you really need to set up how much land do you really need. From there, you have the text box and, it, and the power and toughness. You have, so you have the bottom part of the card, 
the text box will have different abilities. So static abilities are the, those that are like flying or vigilance or, you know, indestructible, things that are just kind of a always on ability. You have triggered abilities, which usually have when this creature dies or when this creature enters the battlefield. Those are triggered abilities. Yeah. Then you have activated abilities, which always have some sort of cost, or you have to tap the creature in order to use it. Or it could be a combination of two. So tap and pay two, this happens. So those are ones you have to activate with mana. And what's nice with those is those happen at any time that you want to, just like an instant. So they can be used pretty much at any time. Nice. Bottom right-hand side of the card is your power and toughness. The left-hand side is your power. Right-hand side is your toughness. Those are pretty self-explanatory. You know, if I'm attacking... Attack, defense. Yep, attack and defense. And then going up to the top right-hand side of the card, that is the cost of your card. That is... They just recently changed it. It used to be called the converted mana cost. I think it's just mana cost now. So they, they... they stopped calling it converted mana cost. Um, your different types, your different rarities of cards, just like pretty much anything, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh, you have secret rares and special rares and Pokemon, you have, uh, you know, rainbow rares. And so this one, there are four types. You have common, uncommon, rare, and mythic. Mythic being mostly the most powerful cards and yeah. the rarest of the cards. Not always. There are some rares that are crazy good. It just depends on how you play them. Uncommons that are crazy good. There really are. There really are. So your play field, your play area, you're going to have a few different areas. You have your library. That is your deck. That is your draw pile. Those are the cards that are not in your hand and you have not played them. They're face down, just like any kind of card game. You have your hand. You start the game with seven cards. Pretty standard. If you end your turn with more than seven cards, you discard down to seven. Pretty standard. You have the battlefield. The battlefield is where all permanents go. So any of creatures that you play, any artifacts, any enchantments, they all go on the battlefield one way or another. Any lands that you play are on the battlefield as well. Your graveyard is where you put cards that are destroyed, discarded, you know, played for instance and sorceries. If you sacrifice something, it all goes into the graveyard. Exile means those cards are gone for the rest of the game. Until you shuffle back up to play in the next round, those cards are not available to you. Unless there's like a special ability. Yeah, they are exiled. Graveyard, you can actually... There are a lot of things that interact with the graveyard. You can bring cards back. You can play cards out of them. You can shuffle them back into your library. Whereas exile, when they're in exile, you can't touch them unless an effect allows you to specifically target an exiled card. So up to this point, I know... Man, I've been going over a lot. Up to this point, I've been talking about tapping and untapping and casting. <laughs> casting <laughs> is pretty simple. If you have the mana to pay it and the mana cost of the card is equal to the amount of lands that you have or less, you can cast it usually. So, you know, if if it has a number in a circle, so like uh, one and then a mana symbol next to it, for example, black, if you have two swamps, you tap them by turning them sideways to show that this has been used, yep. and then you can use that mana to, to cast. Attacking and blocking, pretty, pretty self-explanatory. When you attack in magic, you automatically attack the opponent directly. 
It's not like Yu-Gi-Oh! where you have to destroy all their creatures before yeah, you can that attack was, directly. That was a concept that was hard for me to grasp, and I still forget about it every now and then and just start making assumptions. Yep, yep. But- you have to attack the player directly. Even when I first started playing Magic, and, and and when I got back into it, you know, the whole attacking the creatures directly, yeah, nope. You attack the player, and then that player Which has the option and the choice to choose crazy to block. Cool for strategy. Yeah. Crazy cool. So if you have a creature that has two power, two toughness, I have a creature that has two power, four toughness, I'm going to block your creature because my two power equals your two toughness, yours dies, but my four toughness would survive. So it, you know, me describing it uh, just via audio is going to be a little, you know, maybe confusing to some people, but it's very self-explanatory. You essentially just kind of line up. Okay, this two is bigger than this one. This one's the same. So this one dies. This one lives. Very simple. Here the six. Yeah. Multiply by. What no, I like too is, is that is. the the numbers are small. It's not like Yu-Gi-Oh where you have eighteen hundred fifty attack <laughs> and you got to subtract from eight thousand and yeah. Nope. Small numbers. <laughs> Each player has twenty life to start for most formats. And when your life hits zero, you lose. There are other ways to lose, like drawing all of your cards. And then, so if your deck has no cards in it, until you have to draw another card, you can keep playing. So getting into the phases, because that's the, the, the most important part of the game. You have your beginning phase, your main phase, combat, second main phase, ending phase. Sounds like quite a bit, but I haven't even broken it down yet. <laughs> so your beginning has three steps untap upkeep draw in that order so untap any permanence that you have that you tapped to use the last turn they now untap self-explanatory your upkeep is you can cast instants and abilities and if there are cards that say at the beginning of your upkeep this is when that happens there, there are quite a few cards that say that, but it's just kind of like a, an extra phase, so it, it allows yeah. different effects to take effect without any major interactions happening. Yeah, I like the upkeep phase. I, you know, mm-hmm. I go mow the grass, get the weed whacker yeah. out. Yeah, you make sure everything looks uh, good. Yeah. And, and that's the way to kind of think of it. Your upkeep is just that. You're just cleaning everything up and making sure it's nice and neat for your turn. Then your draw step. Draw a card. Then your main phase, this is where a lot of, most of your turn is going to happen is during the main phase. This is where you cast your sorceries, your creatures, your artifacts, enchantments, planeswalkers, activate abilities, play lands. This is where most happens. In the main phase, is there an order to how you lay everything down or? Nope. Nope. So if you want to play your land down first, obviously your first few turns you're going to play your land down immediately. But say you kind of want to psych out your opponent a little bit. Okay, I'm going to play this creature down. I'm going to play the sorcery. Then I'm going to go into my combat step, my combat phase. Once my combat's over, I'm in my second main phase. Now I lay my land. So main phase, there's no specific order to it. So sorceries, creatures, Artifacts, enchantments, planeswalkers, and lands can only be played during your main phase. Unless it has a special ability that allows you, you know, something called flash that allows you to play it as though it's an instant. So that's it. Like, 
All of that is main phase. Combat so we, phase. Then we go into combat, yes. right? Yep, go into combat. So there are technically five steps, even though <laughs> there's not really a whole lot that's going on. You have the beginning. You can cast instants and activate abilities at the beginning and the end. That's the only thing that happens during those steps. It's literally just passing priority. Like, okay, I'm starting my combat step. Do you want to cast an instant or activate an ability? If not, we move on to the next step. It's a very quick step. Then right. there's declare attackers. To attack, you have to tap your creature, unless it has a special ability called vigilance, and declare if you're attacking the player or a planeswalker they control. So that's the only variation to attack, is you can choose to attack a player or a planeswalker. If they have no Planeswalker, you, you're attacking the player. Then you tap. Then opponents and you, after you declare the attacks, you can choose to cast an instant or activate an ability. This is a common theme. Then they declare blockers. So now the opponent can declare their blockers. You can block with multiple creatures to a single creature if you want to, or you can single up. Then once all of the blockers have been declared, you can cast an instant or activate abilities. Then there's the combat, so that's where everything actually happens. So this is why it's broken up, because instants and abilities, there, there's something in Magic called priority. And what it is, is your priority can shift. So Funny, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> so if, I, if it's my turn, I get priority first. So I choose to cast a creature. Now, as before that creature resolves, so before that the creature actually enters the battlefield you then get priority if you can do anything if not it enters battlefield with it entering the battlefield that is again that's my priority then the priority shifts so every little step has a two shift priority but it moves so fast because 90 percent of the time you're not doing anything during those steps so it's like right. okay i cast this creature does it resolve cool it enters battlefield is it good cool you know it's quick 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 combat you apply damage, you know, if it's blocking, if it's blocked, you, you know, uh, apply damage to the creatures. If the power is equal to or greater than the toughness, the creature dies. So it, pretty self-explanatory with combat. If it's attacking a planeswalker, you remove loyalty counters. If it's attacking a player, they lose life. Very, very straightforward. Then, can you guess it? Bathroom break. Sure. Nap time. Uh, players then can, can then cast instants or activate abilities. And then it's the end step. You know what happens there? I, I told you this. We just went over Nap it. Time. Instance and abilities. Yep, you got it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> got every single one of those right. <laughs> so very, it, it seems like a lot. And I'm breaking this Hon down. Honestly, like playing through it. Yeah, like it's, talking it's, about it. You don't even notice. It, it sounds you know, confusing like as hell. Click, 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 and then what? what you know, if, if you do have one of those things to do, like, but if you're just kind of like casually playing, sitting there, walking through the steps, mm -hmm. yeah, like it seems wordy. It seems like I'm, you know, talking about a lot of stuff, but I'm literally just going through the full in depth of the the phases and steps. But generally, what when you're playing, it's like, okay, I cast this. And then you pause for just a second, give your opponent a chance if they want to do something, and say they need to think about it for a second, and it's like, okay, hang on a sec. Then, you know, you just let your opponent know, like, hold on, I'm stopping at this part, at this step. And then, then you continue. So it's very quick. Right. Um, after combat, second main phase, you can do everything you can in your first main phase. 
You can only play one land a turn, so if you played one during your first, you can't do during your second, but that's literally it. That's that's another thing I love is having that second main phase, because usually it's battle, done, turn turns over, so I, I, I do like that yeah. setup, man. Then, after your second main phase, your end phase. So, end step is there's a lot of effects and abilities that trigger at the beginning of your end step. That's when this would take effect, and players can cast instants and activate abilities. So every single one of these steps, you have the option to cast instants and abilities, except the cleanup step, and this is your discard. So if you have more than eight cards, if a card says until end of turn, you know, that's when that stuff resolves, and then it's the opponent's turn. So it seems like a lot of stuff, but when you actually play it, it moves so fast, so fast. So the one... It's it's fun. It doesn't, like, it's not, like, overbearing, like, some of the... Games are easier to play on on video game form than in real life, and then I, I think like Magic is real Pokemon, easy to play. Honestly, playing Pokemon, it's like you have to do everything in these steps, and playing Magic, it's like kind of do 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 you. So there's so much variety of what you can do and when and how you can do it. Now the most complicated part that tricks up a lot of people is the stack. And it's really not that complicated. I know we went over when you came over and we played a little bit. Yeah. So the stack, the general rule with the stack is a card is played. It's technically put onto what's called the stack. It's it's a imaginary zone, if you will. So I play a creature. It gets put onto the stack. You play a counter spell that gets put onto the stack. So literally think of it like you're stacking a bunch of pancakes, right? So you put the, you know, first one on the bottom, second one on above that. And then or or like you're literally stacking a bunch of cards cuz that's Shut up. I like true. my pancakes. I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't get between me and my food, damn it. No. <laughs> exactly. Like you literally stack the cards on top of each other. So if you're just learning, it's not a bad idea to kind of do that. Because it yeah. it gives a visualization to the imaginary. And so, I've seen, like, the chain of events that yeah, can happen. Magic Arena I mean, actually does it really well. Stack up. Yeah, Arena does it really, really well where it shows the stack and how things top, kind top of, on top kind of each of like, other. It's kind of like a stack of, um, like, uh, what would you call it? Waffles. You yeah, know? yeah, sure. I would describe it as Inferior waffles. to I pancakes, that's, that's but like sure. That's a perfect um, description. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, I just waffles and pancakes. I just cut through the entire stack and eat a giant piece of it. Yeah, so maybe I mean. that's not the best. <laughs> so what happens is once the last card is played and nobody else can respond to it or wants to respond to that, then you resolve starting from the top of the stack. So a good example is I have a creature that has two toughness. You have a spell called shock which deals two damage. So you play shock to deal two damage, which would kill my creature. But in response to your shock, I play a spell that gives my creature an extra... Plus one, plus one. Plus one, plus one or something. Yeah, yeah, something super simple. So now that is on top of your shock. My spell resolves, giving it plus one, plus one, which now makes it a three, three until end of turn. Your shock goes into effect, which deals two damage, leaving it with one toughness until end of turn, and my creature survives. So 
the best way to to kind of and figure out the stack that's a very that's a very basic one these yeah chains I've oh seen my go god i've seen some crazy a long so time. i was i was literally just watching uh, there there are infinite combos you can get which literally just keep stacking and stacking and stacking until the <laughs> opponent concedes or they run out of hp or cards or whatever it is there's two cards that you can well three because you need a th- card to deal damage there's sanguine bond and exquisite blood one of those cards anytime an opponent loses health you gain that much health the other one is whenever you gain health the opponent loses that much health so you get a card like shock you deal two damage so now they lose two you gain two but because you gain two they lose another two because they lose another two you gain another two and it's literally an infinite loop until their hp hits zero so it, it's it, there's some really fun stuff that you can do with that. But the stack can be really, it can feel complicated. All right, class, are there any questions at this time? Well, you told me you were going to go over Mulligan, and then you completely brushed the fuck by it and went straight into the well, phases. Yeah, I mean, I went into a basic round, but we haven't drawn our cards yet. So at I the beginning, we did, shush, we were hey, doing. hey, who's teaching this class, draw, damn it? You said we drew seven cards. <laughs> I said that's the step that you draw seven cards at. <laughs> so, uh, you know at, the be- at the beginning of a game, each player draws seven cards. Then, whoever goes first looks at their cards. Now, so, nobody looks at their cards first. So, when you decide to go first, it's random. So, it could be a coin flip, it could be a dice roll. I, I usually do use dice because I have an obnoxious amount of them, but, you know, most of the time it's a coin flip if you have a coin. So, Whoever goes first, each player draws seven cards. Whoever plays first looks at them first, and then whoever plays first can choose whether they keep their opening hand. Generally speaking, if your opening hand has any fewer than two to three lands in it, and at least one to two playable cards, and I mean playable by turn two. If you can't play something by turn two or turn three at the latest in your opening hand, it's sometimes you don't want to take that hand right well good news everybody you can mulligan what you do but wait there's more but wait there's more what you do is you take your hand shuffle it back into your library draw a new hand of seven however if you choose to play with those cards you now take one of those cards and put it onto the bottom of your library so you kind of get to pick the best six out of the next hand. If you have to mulligan again, go down to five cards. Very, very rarely will you see a player go down to less than four or five. Usually if they get to, to that point. Five. I mean, shit. Yeah. Usually once you get down to where you're only going to keep five cards, you're like, okay, well, I'm just keeping this hand no matter how bad I mean, it is. It, well, there, there yeah. are some decks that have some crazy combos that that shoot off really quick with literally just two cards. So if you can get those right. two cards plus one land in your hand, you're good to go. But that's rare. So that's your mulligan. That's that's an entire game of magic summarized in as as little as an hour and a half. Five hours. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, uh, seriously, play this game. It's it's so much fun. You know, we, we've deep dived down into this. I know a lot about it. I could go on. I said the last time around, I could go on for hours on this. I know our, our last episode for Magic uh, was a little longer than a standard episode of our podcast. But one bad, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I, so, I trimmed some. Oh, oh, you kept all the yeah. important stuff, like me saying card. Honestly, like, to 
collect, I think my favorite one is Pokemon because now that we're at the end of all this. I th- I love collecting Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards are really fun to collect, and I think it just it, it that maybe is nostalgic for us more than anything. Yeah, definitely, especially because we still play the games, so we we're still very familiar with um, all the Pokemon with the Pokemon so. and the new Pokemon and yeah, and you so know the new forms. Honestly, yeah. Pokemon's fun to collect because some of their cards are just gorgeous like the art yeah, and the foiling and the special designs legendary bo- birds yeah card. like come on magic has some really cool stuff and they've been doing more and more for, sure. for uh, over the last few years before and, that and, uh, magic literally you had foil cards and non-foil cards and that was your extent of collecting yeah the the most recent japanese all arts cards are just works of art that's so like yeah. i would say like collecting wise i love pokemon pokemon um, is super fun to collect yes on video game form or you know electronic form i love Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh. yes very very um, fun to play but, but probably one of the most sort of relaxed and just chill time was playing magic the gathering with you in your kitchen like and so that leaves us with lastly dragon ball z which is um, probably the one i spent the most time playing yeah, um, so the older version of it, yes, the Panini the version, version, the older version. The Panini, yeah. The, the new it's, it's version still... is okay. It's not the worst card game I've ever played. Yeah. The cards are really cool looking, especially right. like the foiling ones. You know, I still have all those cards sitting on my desk. They're really cool looking, but besides that and having a passion for the the medium that they're sourced from. So that's <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is the one that I'm probably most nostalgic for, though. Um, just yeah. based off of how yep. the age I was playing it, how long I played it for. And, and the characters we have a little more connection to because we're, you know, yes. super nerds for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so but definitely that's, that's it. That's that's our that's the top that's the main four. None other has really broken into Mm-mm. the stratosphere that these four have and i hope some of them do man some of it like you hawkshaw had potential you know you've got that there's a, there's a my hero coming out soon there's a my I hero card game coming out soon we'll definitely get demon that slayer and, card game um like demon slayer i think would make a super fun card game so but, yeah. you know but the thing is with a lot of these they're just kind of clones of each other they're not as unique yeah, or as interesting so these are kind of the core for that everything else kind of it, it takes inspiration from right and these and, four stuck out and they're phenomenal games still play them and and watch the other episodes especially the dragon ball z episode there's a lot of reference to how oh, yeah. you can play the panini game now and, and still keep current with with yep. what they're they're doing still there. coming out with like new fan cards and stuff and there's even yeah, people I'm, that print I'm, them out in physical card form so it's really really cool yeah so Guys, if you if you want to learn a little more more about any of these games, or if you have some information you want to let us know that we missed, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, 2dap2020 at gmail.com. And if you want to play some magic with me, because I love playing some magic, shoot me a message on one of our social medias or email, and I'll add you on Arena, and we can play, and I can help you learn how to play if you don't know how. Find us on Patreon and watch me eat bowls of cereal, man. It's it's really it it's a, a it's good a, time an ex- it's an experience, man. It is <laughs> it, it is quite the experience. That's... Yep. But guys, as always, thanks so much for listening. We love you all.